It's late at night, and you're wandering deep in the woods. The path is barely visible beneath the pale moonlight as you make your way through the dense foliage. In the distance, you see a light. You head towards it, hoping to find shelter. As you approach, something seems off. There's no sounds, no birds, no animals, only silence. You get closer and see that the light is coming from a human skull propped up on bones. The bones are all connected to one another and are forming a fence. You pass through the gate and it squeaks on its bony hinges. Through the darkness, you can make out the shape of a house, but it's not like one you've ever seen before. It stands on two spindly chicken legs and seems to be scuttling ever so slightly, right and left, ready to move at a moment's notice. The door to the house opens slowly, like a gaping mouth in a yawn. You approach to see who's inside and stumble across Baba Yaga. Hi guys, welcome to the Baba Yaga Project. This is a history podcast focusing on the cultural and folk history of Europe and North America. We are two historians who are excited to go on a year-long journey with you through some of the rituals and cultural practices that define the passage of the year. My name is Sonia. I'm a historian working on my PhD in medieval history. And I'm Devin. Um, I have a master's in American history, particularly American legal history and indigenous studies. Well, full disclosure, as we start this podcast, we are both white ladies living in North America. So that's the perspective that we're going to be coming from. And we're going to try to be as cognizant of that and respectful as possible. And now I think it's time for us to answer the question on this podcast, which is, who is Baba Yaga? Who is Baba Yaga? Well, Devin, Baba Yaga is a figure in Slavic mythology and legend. She's a witch who lives in the woods in a house perched on chicken legs that can walk around. She's a unique figure in folklore because of her ambiguity. She's not good, she's not evil, but rather helpful or harmful depending on context. In some stories, she's the one who makes the sunrise and set, she gives magical gifts to heroes and heroines, and she gives light in the darkness. In others, she's a fearsome adversary, devouring the unworthy and bringing chaos. And in many cases, she's both within the same tale. We were initially drawn to her as a figure who represents both good and evil, safety and danger, and light and darkness. And as we go through our journey through ritual, folklore, and cultural practices, we want to keep this figure in mind as a representation of the plurality of human experience. And for a little background on ourselves in this project, we met in graduate school. Um, and this is where we really began to voice our feeling of disconnect from the world around us and the passing of the seasons. We really heard this echoed as well from our friends and our peers. And as we became closer, we started talking about our personal experiments with seasonal eating as a way to live more ecologically and connected to the passing of time and um, the seasons, as well as our observance of religious holidays. Um, and we started to come together to discuss and recreate some historical rituals and practices. We were super nerdy about it because we're historians, so we put in a lot of research and tried to be as authentic with it as possible. 
So this is what really brought us to this project. We wanted to get more in touch with historical ways of living, with having a more ritualized year, and feeling more connected to this passing of time in a way that people would have in the past. However, being nerdy historians, we didn't just want to get together and throw together something that we thought of as a midsummer celebration or All Hallows' Eve. So of course, we did what we always do, which is go to the library, research a whole bunch, and try to get everything as accurate as we possibly could. Yeah, I was gonna say, so we were really into authenticity, um, which doesn't really exist in a contemporary context because we're taking something out of its historical context and putting it into, you know, our daily lives here and now. So some of those things were a little weird. And some of them are just not practical for our purposes. For example, as much as I would love to have a giant bonfire for a midsummer <laughs> celebration, uh, that's frowned upon by the local fire department. I think also, outs so outside of just the practical issues of what can and cannot be set on fire or, you know, accessing you know, certain foods at certain times of the year or language barriers, things like that. There's also the issue of what parts of a historical ritual practice idea um cultural icon do we want to carry into contemporary life what parts of midsummer do we want to keep what parts do we not what parts of you know wedding rituals do we want to keep what parts of any of these things do we still find like valuable and viable today exactly and in our search for this historical authenticity we've come to the realization that that's essentially what people have been doing for centuries, taking bits and pieces of the past, of traditions that they have, and changing them and reshaping them in order to fit where they were at that time. We'd want to carry this forward by both honoring the historical context of these different rituals and cultural practices, but also potentially updating and changing things to be more useful and helpful in a modern environment. In this spirit, each month we are going to be focusing on different aspects of rituals, holidays, or common seasonal practices that we've researched and read about in their historical context. Our focus is going to be in Western cultures, because we both are North Americans and have research specializations in American history and European history, respectively. Exactly. We're also going to have some episodes where we explore concepts, concepts and ideas that are thematically related to the holiday or practice that we're looking at that month. This could be Anything from, you know, land distribution, private property for midsummer because it's all about land and fertility or about naming conventions if we're talking about weddings. We really want to explore the things that, if not looked at historically, are sort of taken for granted, either as something that has like 
always been done a certain way when perhaps it hasn't been, or that the way that we do it now is obviously an inherently better than what was done in the past. And we sort of want to explore those value judgments and or the ways that we think about changing practices over time in this podcast. Exactly. And now more than ever, with everything going on in the world currently, there has been a big question about how can we adapt to a changing world? How do we move forward? And we both think that historical analysis is an important part of this, to look back and say, what can we borrow from our predecessors as we move forward? What are ideas we can borrow from the past to create a better future? And what can we just get rid of completely? Exactly. The Baba Yaga figure herself actually demonstrates what we're talking about in terms of historical amalgamation and taking bits and pieces to create a new whole. Baba Yaga as a figure features in hundreds if not thousands of folk tales and fairy tales within Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, and other Slavic countries. She seems to be an amalgamation of a witch figure potentially mixed with sort of a twisted mother figure with a little bit of pre-Christian pagan Slavic deities thrown in. In other words, the Baba Yaga figure herself, much like what we are aiming to do with this project, is about taking different parts and composing them into a whole. Taking something out of the past and using it in a way that is meaningful in the present. Also, in many cases, the Baba Yaga figure isn't even one individual person. Sometimes she's three sisters or three identical Baba Yagas. Sometimes she is killed and then comes back as a different Baba Yaga. In other words, she exists outside of any sort of normal constrained forms and is herself constantly shifting and changing. And we think that that's a perfect representation of what we're hoping to achieve in this project. We're going to try to put out weekly podcasts, but again, as you all know, there is a, uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. So we're going to do our best to stick to a weekly upload schedule, but please be forgiving if we can't quite stick to that, given circumstances. So going forward, we're going to be really delving into Midsummer rites and rituals, the fertility of the land, broader land rights, and humanity's relationship with the land, soil, food processes, things like that. And we super look forward to you joining us on this summer holiday. Also, as we go forward with this project, we do want to keep in mind that while we are historians and have a level of formal training in this type of work, we are learning along with you guys. We are exploring new topics that might not be exactly what we've studied in university 
or in our personal research outside of this particular project. So we're learning with all of y'all. With that in mind, we want to hear from you guys. We want to engage in a conversation about all of these topics. And if we miss something or don't fully represent an aspect of one of the historical topics that we're talking about, we'd love to hear your perspective as well. We're on a learning journey all together. In the spirit of this being a learning journey and a shared experience, we also want to make sure that we are being as transparent as we can be about all the sources that we're using. This project wouldn't be possible without the literal mountains of research that other historians and folklorists and authors have done before us. So we're going to include on our website sources for all of our podcast episodes. By being transparent about our sources, we want to give credit where it's due and also give you guys a jumping off point if there's any area of particular interest where you want to also read what we've been reading or look into it further. And by doing this, we're hoping to create something of an academic dialogue between all of us where we can discuss these topics together. We're really hoping that this can become a shared community where we can all learn from each other and talk about things like this and just be very excited about folklore and history together. We'll also be chronicling our attempts at historical recipes and handicrafts on our blog that you can check out at thebabayagaproject.com. We look forward to taking this seasonal journey with y'all. Be sure to like and subscribe. And if you want to keep us running, um, you can donate to the pod at thebabayagaproject.com. Also, a final note, as we've mentioned, there's a lot going on in the world. If you would like to get involved in some very pressing issues right now, you can donate or volunteer with the Minnesota Freedom Fund, Black Visions Collective, and Reclaim the Block. Also, your local bail fund organization or on a national stage, the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center. So for now, we'll see you next week. (laughs) 